You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Amanda Lane. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. Now, let's meet Midway. this morning. We're so glad to see you if you're here or if you're online. And let's just remember what today is all about, um, that we worship God. In Psalm 29.2, it says, ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. Let's do that this morning. It was my turn. 
Hi, it's me. I'm the one at Midway Announcements you've been waiting for. At Midway Announcement Time, it's me, Nate. I'm the one you talk about. Yep, we have a lot of great things happening at Midway this week. I want to highlight a few of those things. So here we go. While you're listening to the announcements, scan this QR code. There it is. And you will be taken to our What's Happening page. You can find out what's happening on announcements and more opportunities here at Midway. Today at 2 p.m., the membership of the church will vote on whether or not to remain in United Methodist Church. Our district superintendent, Dr. Doug Gilrith, will preside. Members need to be present on site and on time with a photo ID today at 2 p.m. in order to vote. Please consider arriving 30 minutes ahead of time to ensure your spot. The doors will close promptly at 2 p.m. Please be in prayer for Midway and the Lord's will to be done. On September 15th, we'll host Movies at Midway in the live action of Little Mermaid. It will be spectacular. Hope you'll join us at 6 p.m. Bring a chair, bring some, enjoy some pizza and popcorn and a wonderful movie. It'll be great. The Little Mermaid live action version, September 15th. September 15th. Hope to see you there. Make sure to check out all the small groups happening in the church. Pick up a booklet that Amanda worked so hard on. Hope that you'll check it out. All the information can be found on the website and the What's Happening page or click the QR code. Remember, it's me, the one at announcement time. It's me. I'm the one you talk about. Can't wait to see you. Midway Church, we love you. And now as we continue in worship, please bow your heads with me for prayer. Thank you, Lord, so much for this day you have blessed us with, where we can come into this house to worship you. Help us to remember the many blessings you have bestowed upon us. And today is a day filled with many blessings at your church of Midway United Methodist from missions to children's to student kickoff, our cup runs over with blessings from you. Help us, O oh Lord, to listen to your will as we reconvene later today to cast our votes. Help us to be mindful to do no harm and to do good and to stay in love with you through this process. Help us to remember to love our neighbor even when our neighbor might disagree with us. And above all, to chase after you with reckless abandonment. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I offer this. Amen. I'd like to invite our children to come forward for the children's sermon this morning. so glad to see y'all this morning. Um, So we have been talking, Pastor Jenny and the church have been talking about some rules that help us follow Jesus, live a life like Jesus lived, to shine like Jesus. Last week we we said that we should do no harm. That means that it's important that we don't hurt others with what we say or what we do. So this week, we are talking about doing good. Why do you think it's important that we do good? Anybody? Daddy? To help serve others and to help them get better? Yeah, Charlie? Was that what you were going to say? Okay. Anybody else? Why is it important that we do good? Okay. That's a good point. Yes, so if you do, do good the first time, you don't have to go back and redo it, like cleaning your room. Very smart. Rosie. God wants us to, yeah. Um, I've got some scriptures that talk about doing good. See these? So there's one in Galatians, Galatians 6, 9 through 10. It says, let's not get tired of doing good. Because in time, we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. So then let's work for the good of all whenever we have an opportunity, and especially for those in the household of faith. And then the scripture that Pastor Jenny's going to read today is from Colossians 2, 6 through 7. It says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. When we do good, we're doing God's work. We're working for God. We're helping to bring the kingdom of God here 
so that everybody knows what it's like to be living a Christian life, to be living with God. So what are some things that you can do in your house, at your school, on the baseball or softball or football or cheer team, whatever you're involved in, what are some things that you can do that can help other, that are, are doing good for others? Madison? Being kind. Evie? That's right. When they fall down, you help them get back up. I like that. Abigail? Yeah, encourage them. That's good. It's always nice when I'm having a bad day when someone's like, hey, you're doing a good job. Anybody else? Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So often, sometimes, maybe we just walk past people. But if we say, we just go like this, go, hey. Yeah, Teddy? Yeah, if they get hurt, you encourage them to get up and, and keep going, right? Is that what you're trying to say? So we can help friends. We can help neighbors. We can even help strangers. We can compliment somebody or encourage them. Um, did you know that if you recycle, that's doing good? Because that's taking care of God's earth. When you give to others, that's doing good. When you treat people with respect, kind of like what you were saying, Elizabeth, when we treat people with respect by acknowledging them, that's doing good. When we listen to teachers and parents, when we offer to help like us, and I know this is something that Miss Tiffany loves to say, and I love to say it, but when we shine like Jesus, we are doing good, and we are showing others just how much Jesus loves them and how much we love them. So I want you, when you go back to school or you go back to your neighborhood or whatever you do this week, let's think about something. I want you to think about something that you can do that will do good. And I want you to do it. Don't just think about it. I want you to do it. Maybe there's a teammate that needs encouragement. Or maybe if you just go up to your teacher and say, hey, thanks so much for teaching me. That will really mean something to your teacher. Or maybe your parents just need a big hug. I want you to think hard about something that you can do that does good and do that this week. Teddy, what's up? Yeah, visiting a teacher that you had last year, that's good too. Yeah, they always, they always like to see their, their students who've grown up. All right, will you pray? Join me. Uh, I say it, then you say it. Dear God... We thank you for today. We thank you for Jesus. And that we can follow his example. Help us to do good. And to shine like Jesus. Amen. All right, y'all are welcome to go back to your grown-ups or to head down to Children's Church. As our children are, are headed out and uh, going down to sit down, I wanted to remind you that at this time we have an opportunity to worship God with our tithes and our offerings. You will note in your bulletin there is a handout or a, a information sheet about Wellroot. This month we are receiving an offering for uh, Wellroot, which is a a program that works with children who are in foster care um, and families that need help. Um, reconciling. Um, so if you would like to give to Wellroot, you can just put in your giving um, in the memo. Just make sure you note Wellroot as the recipient. Now let us pray. God, we thank you and we glorify you. And Lord, we pray that as we continue our worship, God, that we would honor you with these gifts with our, our talents, that we would give everything to you. God, take these things and glorify them. Amen. In the crushing 
in the pressing you are making new wine in the soil I now surrender you are breaking new ground so I Let us pray. Gracious God, we come to you today and we simply proclaim you are good.
God, we thank you. We thank you that we have the opportunity this morning to come and to worship together, to raise up your name, to celebrate and worship you. God, this morning we confess that we we don't always follow those three simple rules. Sometimes we do harm. Sometimes we neglect to do good. And God, sometimes we turn away from loving you. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for those times that we have wandered from your path. And God, just I, am, I ask you to bring us back, to transform our hearts so that we would, we would seek you. God, I thank you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the opportunities that you have provided for us to reach into the church and out to the community. God, for us to actually do good, to make a change in the world. God, thank you so much for allowing us to see the kingdom of heaven. If just for a brief second, God, we thank you. We thank you that you have called us and that you have partnered with us, that you have called us to partner with you and to serve others. Lord, this morning, I know that we have many prayers on our hearts. Some of those prayers are praises, excitement, celebration, And other of those prayers, Lord, are concerns, grieving and and loss. God, prayers for the chaos of life. Some are feeling anxious and lonely or depressed. Others are wondering what happens next. God, I pray that in all of these prayers, the joys and the concerns, Lord, that we would be reminded to call upon you, to find comfort in you. God, we thank you that even in the chaos, you offer your peace. Even in the loneliness, you are there. Even in the the grieving, you are the comforter. And Lord, I ask that you would allow us to be those things for others. God, allow us to be the peace, the comforter, the compassion, the grace and the mercy that others can see so that we might shine and honor you. God, we lift up these prayers and many more. And now we join together in the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. morning. Our scripture lesson for today comes to us from the letter to the Ephesians, the second chapter, verses 8 through 10. Hear now God's word to us this day. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the results of works, so that no one may boast. 
for we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When our son Dakin was in college in Atlanta, he got a call one Saturday morning at 2 a.m. It was a classmate of his who was calling to ask if he could come pick him and his friends up at the bar because their designated driver had gotten drunk. Now, Dakin didn't know why he had called him because they were really just acquaintances. He didn't consider him a friend, but nevertheless, he begrudgingly got up, got dressed, drove across town, and went looking for these partiers among all the other ones in Buckhead. Well, eventually he located the Motley crew and they piled into his car and headed back across town. Well, as luck would have it, Dakin would come across a police checkpoint. Now, no problem, right? Dakin hadn't been drinking. He's been asleep. The only thing was, unbeknownst to him, he had a broken taillight. So what did Dakin receive for his good deed? An expensive ticket. And that, I told Dakin, is why we have the saying, what? No good deed goes unpunished. We tend to be cynical about doing good, which is why we have such a saying, After all, there's so much bad in the world that the little good we do isn't going to make that big of a difference, right? Or our schedules are so packed we don't think we can spare the time to help someone else. Or we blame the victim passing judgment that if someone is hungry or homeless or in need in some way, they must have done something to be suffering such a fate. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, gave the early Methodists some general rules to guide their life of faith. Today, they are often referred to as the three simple rules, which is the title of a book written by Bishop Reuben Job. Well, last week, we covered the first rule, I won't ask you what it was since you just saw it on the screen. Hopefully you've retained it for a few minutes. But the first rule is do no harm. Thank you. And then this week's rule is do good. The second rule naturally follows the first because chances are if we are doing good, we will be less likely to be doing harm. As Charles Spurgeon once quipped, The most useful members of a church are usually those who would be doing harm if they were not doing good. Wesley said that Methodists were to continue to evidence the desire for salvation by doing good, by being in every kind merciful after their power as they have opportunity, doing good of every possible sort, and as far as possible, for all. Now, Wesley didn't just pick this rule up out of thin air. The scriptures are replete with instructions to do good. Paul exhorts the Christians in Galatia, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those of the household of faith. In 3 John, we read about a direct correlation that is drawn between the good we do and our relationship with God. Whoever does good is from God. Now, when doing good, we need to check our motivation. Doing good is not to be done for self-promotion. 
You know, so often today people will do something good, and what do they do? They record it, and then they post it and blast it across the World Wide Web. This is both disingenuous, and I also think violates the dignity of the one who is being helped. Jesus told us, be careful that you do not practice your piety before others to draw their attention. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the result of work, so that no one may boast. We don't do good then to call attention to ourselves or to try to make ourselves look good in the eyes of others. We also don't do good as a way of earning God's favor. In other words, doing good isn't works righteousness. You see, God couldn't love us any more than he loves us in this very moment. So we don't do good to get in God's graces or to relieve us of guilt. Rather, we do good out of gratitude for all that God has done for us, for God's unmerited gift of grace and love in Jesus Christ. So we are to be merciful to others in the same way that God has been merciful to us in Christ Jesus. We do good because God has been so good to us. Another reason we do good is out of response of gratitude for all that God has done for us. That's the first thing. And secondly, we do good to give glory to God. As Jesus told us in Matthew 5, 16, let your light show, so shine before others that they see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Thirdly, we do good because by doing so, we grow in our likeness to Christ. In Acts 10, 38, Luke writes, You know about Jesus of Nazareth, whom God anointed with the Holy Spirit and endowed with power. He traveled around healing everyone and doing good. We do good then to emulate the example of our Lord who came to serve, not to be served, and did all the good he could, ultimately by laying down his life for us and for our salvation. Do good. Like the rule, do no harm, it, it sounds simple enough, but it's not so easy to practice, especially when we examine what doing good means. First, doing good is, is not a suggestion for the Christian life. Rather, it is a command, a universal command that all Christians are to obey. Jesus commanded us not only to love God, but also to love our neighbors and to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. So doing good is not something, as Bishop Job puts it, something that's reserved for the particularly compassionate Christian or the Christian who has the time or the inclination to do something good. Rather, as obedient followers of Jesus, it is to be our very way of life. As Paul wrote, for we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. It's a way of life that we are to live, choosing to live in a way that nourishes the good and strengthens community. Well, not only is doing good, a universal command that all Christians are to follow, 
but doing good is also to be applied universally. That is, doing good is not limited to those like me or those who like us, right? It's not even limited to those. It's easy to do good for someone we like or someone we love, but that's not what the command is about. Bishop Job says, doing good is directed at everyone, even those who do not fit my category of worthy, worthy to receive any good. Fred Craddock once served a church that had what they called an emergency fund. It's kind of like what we call our benevolence fund. You know, it's to help people that come to the church in need. Well, the finance chair told them that he could use it to help anyone as long as he followed the rules. Well, what are, what are the rules, Craddock asked. And the chairman told him this, you are not to give any of the money to anyone who is in need due to laziness, drunkenness, or poor money management. Well, Craddock wondered, what else is there? And he said, as far as he knows, that money is still sitting there, not doing any good. Doing good is easy to do when it is someone we know or someone who we can relate to, have much in common with. It requires more of us to extend ourselves and go beyond our comfort zone to help someone who is different from us or whose lifestyle we may not approve or someone who we might even consider an enemy. My dad once worked in an office with a secretary who for some reason didn't like him. He didn't know why, didn't know if he had done something to her, but she was always curt and unpleasant to him. So one day he decided to do something about it. So he sent her flowers. But get this, he did it anonymously. He didn't put his name on the flowers. But the interesting thing was, he never had an issue with her again. You know, maybe she just needed someone to be nice to her, to show her a little appreciation and love. Maybe doing good for her changed, you know, something in the way that my father interacted with her. I don't know, you know, it was just the mystery of grace because he never had any issue with her after that. In Luke 6, Jesus said, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Treat people in the same way that you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, why should you be commended? Even sinners love those who love them. Instead, love your enemies, do good, and lend expecting nothing in return. If you do, you will have a great reward. Be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. So we are to do good even to those who would do us harm, even those who do evil. 1 Thessalonians 5.15 says, See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Paul writes in Romans, Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with what? Good. So we do good because we are commanded to do so. And we are to do it indiscriminately. Do you see that there is a lot more to this rule to do good than simply being a dutiful Christian who, like a good scout, does a good turn daily? We are not only to do a good deed each and every day, but we are to do a good turn to 
to all people at all times. Now, that's not such a simple rule, is it? I could see how this could really start to get out of hand and become overwhelming. After all, there is so much need in the world. As one person put it, the trouble with doing good is that one can never be said to be done because some works always need doing and there are never enough people to do them. So what then are we to do with the need being so great? Well, St. Augustine gave these instructions, which I have found personally helpful. He said that since you cannot literally do good to all, you are to pay special regard to those who by the accidents of time, place, or circumstance are brought in closer connection to you. In other words, to obey Jesus' command to love, which is really what this rule to do good is all about. We are to be open to the Spirit's leading and respond to those particular people and opportunities that God puts before us in our daily lives. Those divine appointments, if you will, that God gives us to be of service to him. I want to commend you for all the good that you do. Midway is a mission-minded, giving church committed to doing good. You know, this past week we hosted Family Promise, and what was encouraging for me to hear was that we had more people volunteer to help than we had Slots to fill. Midway is a church committed to doing good. You know, today the missions committee sponsored a mission fair, and some of our mission partners have been on campus. I hope you got an opportunity to talk with some of them and learn about, you know, the different ways that we can serve and the good that we can do. You know, As part of our United Methodist connection, we have always maintained that we can do more good together than we can as individual congregations. For close to 200 years, this church has been doing good in this community. No matter what happens at this vote today, I have no doubt, that Midway will continue to do much good. I hope it will be as a United Methodist congregation, and not just because I'm a United Methodist pastor, but because it's part of our DNA, and it is how we have done good for many years. In 1939, Nicholas Winton and his friend Martin Blake were to go on a skiing vacation. Well, instead, Blake, who worked with refugees in Czechoslovakia, told Winton, who at the time was a 29-year-old stockbroker in England, that he should come visit him in Prague and help with the refugees who were fleeing Hitler's advancing armies. So instead of going skiing, Winton went to Prague, and he was deeply affected um, by seeing all the refugees there, especially the children. Right on cue for the children. Yes, we thank you, Lord, for the children. Well, the task was enormous regarding these refugees, but Winton felt that he had to do something for these children, so he did. He contacted multiple governments for help, which led to the British government approving him to bring children to the UK if he could find them homes and, because it was the government, make a deposit of 50 pounds each for each child. So from March to August of 1939, Winton worked 
as a stockbroker by day and a rescue worker at night to get those refugee children to safety. He advertised in British newspapers and in churches and in temples to find families to take these children in. He raised money for transportation and managed logistics and, and dealt with all that government red tape. Well, in the end, Winton's efforts got 669 children safely to new homes. For 70 years, Winton kept the good he had done a secret. Even his wife didn't know until she discovered a book in the attic with the names of the children written in it. That's what led to the following TV program on the good that Winton had done. There are some stories which were not only an audience to, but may become their participants. Nikki's story came out by accident after this scrapbook surfaced after gathering dust for decades. Once it did, though, it said about a whole chain of incredible events. That's me before I left for England. But until 1988, I had no idea who had rescued me from all but certain death. It was this old man who had saved my life and that of hundreds of others in the Second World War. Yet for 50 years, we knew nothing about him. Four children. This is his scrapbook. There are all kinds of fascinating pictures in it. Perhaps you can see this is a picture of Nicholas Winton himself with one of the children he rescued. If you look at the very back of this scrapbook, Fascinating things in it, all the letters. But back here is the list of all the children. This is Vera Diamant, now Vera Gissing. We did find her name on his list. Vera Gissing is with us here tonight. Hello, Vera. And uh, I should tell you that you are actually sitting next to Nicholas Winton. <laughs> around my neck and this is the actual pass that we were given to come to England and I'm another of the children that you saved. Can I ask, is there anyone in our audience tonight who owes their life to Nicholas Winton? If so, could you stand up please? has to learn to live with everybody else, regardless of creed or religion. I never thought what I did 70 years ago was going to have such a big impact as apparently it has. And uh, if it has now got a story which uh, helps people to live uh, for the future, well, that will be an added bonus.
today because of the good that Winton did. Over 6,000 people in this world are in this world who might not have been those children and all of their descendants. When asked for advice by a class doing a history project, he said this, don't be content in your life just to do no wrong. Be prepared every day to try to do some good. My brothers and sisters, ultimately, it is love that motivates us to do good. We love each other and we love our neighbors because God first loved us. We do good because God is good. Three simple rules. The first is do no harm. The second is do good. How and where and to whom we are to do good is summarized in a saying often referred to as Wesley's rule, and I close with it. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Let us pray. Lord God, you are ever working for good in the lives of all of your children and all of your creation. Lord, teach us to do good, to seek ways to make a difference in the lives of our neighbors. Lead us by your example and by the power of your spirit that all that we have and all that we are may be used to do good for the sake of your kingdom. For he asks this in the name of Jesus, who himself went about doing good. Amen. It's bandaging the broken Or washing filthy feet Here I am, Lord, send me If it's loving one another Even when we don't agree Here I am
story I'll be glad I chose to say Now may God go before you to guide you. May God go behind you to direct you. May God go beside you to befriend you. May God rest above you to protect you. May God rest below you to uphold you. And may God dwell within you to comfort you as you go sent to do good. Amen. been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.